Hello, audacious listeners. It's Mercy, your fave Gen Z on your fave Gen Z careers podcast, Audacity of We. Each episode, I'll be having chats about the reality, honesty, and spilling all the Gen Z tea when it comes to careers. So, let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome to Audacity We the podcast, your fave Gen Z careers podcast. And today I have an amazing person who is making a great impact at Amazon Prime, but also with young people starting their careers, one of them being me. Um, I have someone called Manisha Ferdinand who is doing wonderful things. And Manisha, what I'm gonna do at the start, so just be ready is hype you up because I call myself the CEO of Hyping Up My Friends and just say the wonderful things that you're doing so that everyone can get to know who you are before we get into the episode and they'll be like, oh, that makes sense because she's doing X, Y, and Z. You ready? Sounds good, Great. thank you. Good, so I actually first came across Manisha via LinkedIn and that was like almost nine months ago. And this was when you posted about the after office hours and you were talking about how you want to help young people, particularly young black people coming up in their careers in the world of PR and just entertainment as well. So I thought that was really interesting. I was like, wow, look, she's going to be talking about CV, careers advice, interview prep, looking into the world of entertainment and just allowing people to search and seek that and what that's about because they might not have that access elsewhere. So I quickly signed up, which was at the speed of light, because I definitely wanted to be involved. And I feel like I sent you so many emails and just things. I was like, oh, this is so interesting. I'm super um, excited to be involved and see what it's about. And you had amazing people on there from Sky and Disney Plus and also Amazon Prime as well, your colleagues. And then I also found out the world is very small because I found out that my line manager at the time is your um, mentee and you're her mentor so i was like this it just seems like everything happens for reason and everything aligns and i love that for all of us so professionally manisha is the head of pr for um europe at amazon prime video and amazon studios but you're also a board member at um Almedia theater and the space which is digital arts as well so i find that you're across a lot of things you're doing amazing things and you're giving you know this podcast some of your time thank you so much please tell us introduce yourself your little career snapshot of how you came to where you are i'm so excited to hear about it oh thank you man i mean i now want like a, a hype man to like run my whole life like every time i walk into a room i can be, great. just thank call you. me up i, can be <laughs> I feel great <laughs> um uh so so yeah uh thank you for having me on i feel super excited about doing this and um and sort of reading what you're trying to do um with the audacity of we is is just is awesome and i love it um and i think it's gonna be uh it's gonna be great and it's gonna do great things for people as well so um congratulations um so to give me a bit of uh yeah a bit more information about me um so you've done a good job there. I uh, currently am head of PR for Prime Video uh, uh, across Europe. Um, that's quite a recent role. Um, I Before that, I was head of PR for Prime Video in the UK. Um, so I've recently expanded my role and full disclosure, figuring out what that job is um, because I've been in it for literally a couple of weeks. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how, um, you know, what, what the value is that I add um, in that role. Um, before Amazon, so I've been at Amazon for four years. Um, before that, I uh, was uh, freelancing for a couple of years. Um, I was uh, kind of doing a lot of freelance consultancy as well as uh, having a baby. I was on maternity leave as well. Um, and before that, I was at Sky um, for sort of six or seven years now. I can't remember. Um, looking after the PR for Sky Arts and Sky Movies. 
um uh before sky i was at an arts and entertainment agency so um uh, and that was kind of everything from photography music film tv uh art visual art dance theater etc um so i've always worked in in entertainment i guess always have worked in in um what i would say sort of broadly culture um and the arts um but have as my career has gone on have, have definitely specialized in television and tv and 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 that's and film um and that side of of the entertainment industry uh largely because it's a, a lot of fun um uh and also that's that's sort of where my my skill set lies but as you say i have um uh, also on the side uh sit on the board of the the um almeida theater in islington which is uh one of my favorite theaters um uh with an absolutely excellent um uh artistic team and also a really amazing program of participation and outreach to young people um, and I also sit on the board uh, well I've actually stepped down from the board of the board from the space but I sit on the board of the uh, of Wood Street Walls which is a local organisation um, where I live um, which is about sort of street art in the community um, and a, a couple of other things but um, yeah as you say I, I sort of uh, am really passionate about mentoring and um, supporting uh, particularly young black people as they come up um, through PR. I think uh, there's some awful CIPR stats about um, the, the kind of makeup of the PR industry and it's something like 86% um, white middle class, um, of which I am neither. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it suddenly occurred to me actually when I was on my, my second maternity leave, I have two children when I was on my second one and it was just sort of deep in the pandemic um, and I was just sort of sitting at home thinking about mentoring I've been thinking about doing it for a while and it felt like there was no better time to do it than then um and uh you know when everyone was kind of at home uh so I put a call out on on LinkedIn to to, to sort of talk about to, to see if there was anyone you know that would be interested and I've got something like 150 responses um which uh was amazing and from that I've worked with a, a few people long term but what I really learned from that process I spoke to everyone or, or everyone that contacted me and what I really learned from that was that some people just need you know a bit of advice like one-off advice a bit of you know um, insight into the industry or foot in the door and that's where After Hours came from which is what what you mentioned earlier which is this series um, I did last year around um, you know, just a, a, a sort of one-off workshops um, and sessions uh, to, to give people a bit more insight about what PR is, what entertainment PR is, what the different jobs available are to people. Um, and I will do another set of them as soon as I have the time. Um, I'm hoping I probably will end up doing it um, now in the autumn. Um, I'm just looking at what the, uh, yeah, who the, what the lineup could be. So if anyone's got any particular um uh you know uh, requests then please do please just send them in um i'd love to hear um i'm sort of thinking along the lines of corporate pr that sort of thing that is amazing and honestly i think the timing couldn't be more perfect because actually we are launching audacity in the autumn so anyone is listening the sign up is either ready or <laughs> it's likely to be ready and i'm hoping that people can sign up to after office hours when it comes to that time because I was on every session I love them so much and I don't think you know this but um Audacity We was actually inspired partly by your after office hours session and the reason oh. was is that 
I just remember being in those sessions and you just being so open to being like, ask anything, literally just start asking questions. Everyone asks questions. And I was like, okay. So I started asking questions in those sessions, but it, it made me feel more confident asking questions in other networking calls that I was having. And then as those networking calls started happening and growing, I was like, okay, other people need to be having these conversations too. So if I am going to be able to help be that, I guess, vessel to for people to hear conversations where they might not feel as confident to reach out to other people and further along in their careers, let this podcast be that. And I'm just so happy that After Office Hours had a part in all of this and that you're here and it just feels like, as I said, everything happens for a reason and just everything is aligned. So <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Full circle. Brilliant. Full circle moment for sure. But I want to get into when you're talking about mentoring and especially of young people and young black people and I know young women as well. When it comes to Gen Z women in the workplace and what that's showing up like, what trends are coming across, you know, there's people are saying that, you know, the next generation of Gen Z women are going to redefine the workplace and, you know, charge forward and do this and that. And sometimes I'm like, I love the sound of that, but also like, <laughs> do we have to do it all ourselves? <laughs> Does it always have to? I feel like it falls on the shoulders, not only of Gen Z, but also women, because we have so many barriers up against us. And therefore, no one's going to ask for the change because it doesn't impact them unless it's a woman or, you know, never mind a young Gen Z woman. Do you find that you've seen that show up? in the workplace already or can you see it it's going to show up very soon I think so and uh, yeah I think I think there's it's a bit of both actually and I, I, I completely agree with you I, I, you know I don't think it there is a sort of view that you know is the responsibility of Gen Z to, to craft the workplace that they want and actually mm -hmm. I, I sort of fundamentally fundamentally disagree with that I think it's the the responsibility of my generation and the generation above me um to, to craft that workplace and gen z and you know the, the, the kind of young talent that are coming through to, to nurture it and um and i think you know we are sort of starting to see that that shift happening and you know it was really interesting actually when i was um when i was thinking about uh, after office hours and, and crafting it and you know i've done some of the stuff that i've done at amazon around um uh you know internships and stuff i always reach out automatically my first think my first thought is always like who are the kind of white older middle class men that mm. need to be the kind of vessels for change because and there are a couple of agencies that I work with um or one in particular who is who is run um by a guy who would who would squarely sit in that and you know I'm I'm really I really challenge him on you know what he's doing and I have to say he's doing an absolutely phenomenal job of mm -hmm. just being open and of of really kind of being a vehicle for how for yeah. the makeup of his agency and how it how it looks and how it changes um and it's that it's that's how that is how change is gonna yeah. be affected and what, right? do those, it's, it's a, what do those conversations look like sorry i'm just interested because i can imagine how challenging they'd be like how do you one bring up the conversation and then navigate the conversation i think it it's, um, and, and it's it's in part knowing it's, it's in part about a relationship that you built right and it's, it's in part about knowing the kind of the what the culture and the values of the agencies and I think you know certain people and certain um, uh, stakeholders that you work with you know are open to those conversations that it's really easy to have those conversations in that in that instance right you, you can just be like look we need to, this industry needs to change i need your help how, how are you going to help me and a lot of the people that i've reached out to in that vein have been like whatever you need um and 
Mm. That's where, and that and those are the, and those are the industries and the those are the agencies, for example, that you know are going to fly and flourish because they are so. It's not progressive; it's the way it should be, but it feels progressive, particularly yeah. in our kind of industry of PR, where you know there, there is a lot of um, you know it's it's still a relatively middle class, mm. still relatively um, you know one dimensional industry, and a lot of agencies and a lot of people and a lot of senior people are doing a, are doing a lot to change that. Um, but there isn't. Uh, I still think that the rate of progress is could be could be swifter, uh, and in house as well. I'm not just this is not just agencies. And I think to your question about like not everything resting on generation Gen Z's shoulders. Like one of my big things is about leadership roles. Like I, you know, I will challenge quite a lot of people, and my and myself included on this, and, and my own teams around you know it can't just be about bringing through new talent and actually new talent that's an enormous part of it but actually mm. we need to be putting you know people in senior roles as well we need to be putting people from underrepresented um uh you know uh, parts of, of society in really senior roles because that is again you know when you've got representation at a senior level that's when change happens yeah. um so i think it's it's a real mix of the two and and you know my my view is you know i have a real um uh bugbear around like sort of DEI roles or you know I just I, I want them to not exist in 10 years time like I always say to everyone that works in DEI both internally and externally you know like I hope that in you know in 10 years time um these roles are redundant because you know we shouldn't have to like it should just be part of part and parcel of what we do and it shouldn't be something that we have to sort of think about so consciously but I think until mm. such a time it is right that they exist and it is absolutely a great thing um and I think it's it's really important um but yeah I, I just I want us to to kind of collectively as an industry come together and 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 really focus on that you know I've always said in order to rebuild something you need to pull it apart you need to take it down and rebuild it which will take twice five times as long which is why the the, the road to me looks long but I know the road <laughs> exists and as mm -hmm. long as we are all you know more people are having buy-in and being like yeah like we need to be a part of this DNI journey. I genuinely think that is the way, you know, we get into the systems and structures and then we can finally get to the place where we're like, oh, we don't need to, you know, have all these things in place because they just exist in the space. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, I I feel the kind of real burden of responsibility. And I, mm -hmm. I think everyone, everyone in sort of my generation and, uh, you know, my sort of peer group should should as well that, you know we should be throwing the ladder down right like we should be making space at the table for other yeah. sorry to use so many like cliches but like that is that that is our responsibility so that you know come a decade's time when hopefully as you say it is just part and parcel of what what we do um yeah. you know that 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 table is really representative and is not you know there is no um yeah there is no need for us to be to be really interrogating those issues because they're just endemic to our culture yeah exactly and you know i feel like it's so great when you're talking about you know you know throwing the ladder down and all the cliches you're talking about the reason they exist is because they're true and in the fact that they're repetitive mm. is probably what makes it annoying because you're just like why are we saying the same thing like why is this a repetitive phrase that we keep saying but i think it's a good reminder that you know having these programs aren't just a tick you know tick box exercise when they have a true purpose and the true reason as to why they exist is is you know when the change is going to happen and they're going to see a lot of value and and help us have this progress that we are looking for and continuously talking about.
but I also want to talk about you know working culture as well mm. because you know we, we can talk about representation what it looks like visibly but when you get into the workplace and the working ch- culture can be mm. really busy and I remember one thing you said um, during the after office hours which just stuck with me and I'm like it mm-hmm. can you know apply to anyone who's in a non kind of you know first response role is that it's not er it's pr and (laughs) it has stuck with me because my sister is a medical doctor and the way she has navigated the past two years and and COVID and everything i'm just like i am literally sitting at my desk (laughs) doing my job and you are out you know as what they call the front lines doing the absolute most saving lives and it's such an interesting kind of culture i guess that working culture the hustle bustle especially in pr that it's always fast paced, everything needs to be done now, like, you know, emails at 3am or whatever it is. How do you feel like, I guess with Gen Z, people are saying that Gen Z want to live, you know, their best lives and they're not really thinking about work. But when I talk to people who work at agencies, they're like, you can't avoid that culture. How does one balance it? Or can you? And I think, uh, yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Like you've got you've got to find a balance and it's Mm. a really hard thing to do I think particularly I'm not going to sugarcoat it I think particularly at the start of your career particularly if you're in in an agency role like we've all experienced that that kind of like endless grind um and you know something that one of my team said to me recently was like um talking about um agency life like you kind of know when your day is going to start but you don't know when it's going to end and like my Mm. sort of strong view is is that should not be the that should never be the case no matter where you are no matter what your job is um Mm -hmm. because I think if you do that that's just like a fast track to burnout eventually um I think it's I think for me the 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 kind of the the PR not ER is is the is the the core and I guess what I what I try to live by is a sort of very functional rule which is like I have I take absolute pride in everything I do and I am as big a perfectionist as you can find but I never take myself too seriously and I never take the kind of um you know the the uh, I think I'm very mindful that what we do is is you know it's important in the context of of our roles and our jobs and our careers but you know we are we aren't saving lives and um and you know another great piece of advice that I got when I was much um you know right quite near the start of my career was that you know email is not your job um and I think it's hard to forget it's hard to like remember that sometimes you just like you see yeah. these sort of emails flooding in and you're like oh my god I have to like I have to reply to that straight away and I think if you really stand back and interrogate it how many of those emails really need to be replied to straight away like I'd say probably one in five need an instant one in mm. 20 need an instant response probably um you know one in 30 need to be responded to within 12 hours one in 50 and those odds keep sort of lengthening and lengthening the more time out you go so I think like I I would just always say like try and keep a bit of perspective I think that's important um and I I I really recognize that that is hard to do uh, particularly in a in a client in an agency um environment where you know you are beholden to a client who your clients want things at ridiculous hours all the time and um it's kind of up to your leaders and your senior teams to to protect you from that um Mm -hmm. and if you are in a in a situation where you know you do find yourself working working like that and there are always going to be periods where you've got you know two or three weeks where you just got to be you know um head down getting on with it 
I think that's okay. That's part and parcel of the industry and the, and the world that we live in. I think if it's like that without an end in sight, and if you're just working like that constantly, that's something that needs to change because no one, no one can operate like that. Um, yeah. And I would really sort of um, advise you to, to think about, you know, what, uh, you know, where, where are the areas and, and, and what are the sort of um, parts of your day to day that that you can sort of lift your not lift your foot, your foot off the gas on, but but certainly revisit and think like, is that necessary? Do I need to really do it? Yeah. And it kind of comes always back to to the to the objective, like you know. And I challenge my team and fed up of hearing me say like, why are we doing this? Like, what 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 is the reason and how is this going to achieve what our our goals and our objectives? And if it's not, yeah. if it's just if the answer is it's because that's how we've done it or that's how we always do it, that's not the right answer. Like that that should never mm-hmm. be your driving force yeah that is you know that's a really good point and the I've heard like reflection and and questioning the way things have been done and I think that's also quite hard to do but very valuable to do in a career like in your career being like why am I going for this role you know why is this leading me where I want to go is this and it can change and I think that's what people are quite scared of being like oh no I'm in the wrong thing like or whatever I'm gonna be setting myself back but it's like no at least you've found it now you could have caught it like 10 years down the line or something at least you've found it now and I think that's what people are quite scared of absolutely right and like I think like career progression is never linear <laughs> which is yeah a, 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 a funny thing to say because the, the the word progression suggests it probably is but it's not it's it's like a it's a you know it's a very if you could see me making sort of a I'll show you with my pen it's you know it's, it's it's all all over the place and where you think you might be where you think you might go where you think you might end up um it, it can often change and and you know all I would say is have a have a sense of like I don't want to say anything as trite as like do what makes you happy but I think do what challenges you do what interests mm. you um mm-hmm. do what scares you a little bit um I think if I think if anyone walks into a job um thinking I could do this with my eyes like a new job thinking I could do this with my eyes closed it's going to be great like it's going to be fine you're probably not in the right job mm-hmm. like you've got to have that sort of like tummy oh I don't know if I could do this um yeah. feeling I think for it to really to for you to really be able to grow in it um and and I count you know I count myself in that in in all the recent moves that I made, I, I felt the same, and I, that's how you sort of know it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, is my view yeah. anyway. Yeah. Oh well, honestly, and I think now that we're already tapping into the advice piece of of the podcast, I want to go into the the segment of the one thing handbook, which mm. is really um, a area of the podcast where I just want to get one pieces of advice of different areas when it comes to careers you know the joys the challenges the realities um and you're a very direct person which i love so i can't wait to hear the honesty Mm -hmm. of some of these answers because it's important and the idea of the handbook you know as people listen through the episodes is so that they can at least grab one thing that they can take into their career whether they're just starting as gen z or whether they're even further down in their um the line in their career so just something that someone can pick up and they can be like oh yeah i learned that one thing from that podcast and that's the idea of it so getting into the first bit of it um it's positive because i like to start with a with a bit of happiness <laughs> before we get into the reality is we were talking about the challenges already a bit of pr and you know talking about it's pr not er but with your job what is the one thing that gives you joy and what should people think about you know if they are going into the world of pr being like but you're going to get this out of it because it's really great 
Um, I'm going to have to say the thing that I imagine a lot of people will say to you, but it really genuinely is the thing that gives me joy. And that is working with some really amazing people Um, Mm. and uh, and working with a really excellent team. And I think, you know, PR is an industry that is built on relationships and networks. And um, that's not to say you have to have them before you come in, but you build Mm. them and they grow and they develop with you. And, you know, I work now with a lot of people that I've known for many years. Um, I've, you know, a lot of the people that were on my After Office Hours um, series of people that I have worked with or I've known for a long time. And I think that those kind of relationships are something that I don't see very often in other industries. I have lots of friends in kind of financial services and law and um, kind of more corporate industries. And I have lots of friends in um, uh I have. I actually have a lot, lots of friends in sort of marketing and advertising and and social as well, and those sorts of creative industries. And I see parallels more in the creative side as well. That you know, when you're in this kind of slightly um, brothers in arms environment where you know everything's very intense and there's a lot of it and it's coming at you quickly, you do develop these kind of unbreakable bonds and mm. you do become like like I hate to say it and sound like Don Toretto, but you become like a family. And um, and I think it's it's you know those those sorts of um relationships and and working with amazing people and people who are very very good at their job and who just get it um is constantly consistently the joy of my life and I think that the joy of my career and I think that is what I completely love about my my role now um Mm -hmm. I firmly believe I have probably one of the best teams in the business um and I think you know seeing what they're capable of and and challenging them that's my job right my job is to challenge them on are they doing the right thing and can they do it differently and it could it be bigger or could it be better or could it be smaller and could it be more efficient like I think that's you know that's that's one of the things that I love doing and um and yeah I think what particularly if you're thinking about a career in PR I think one of my big pieces of advice is like go if you go to a place and you like the people if the job itself is almost irrelevant because the people will become so important to what you do that 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 will be like 80% of how much you enjoy the job. Yeah. Wow. I love the fact that you're leaning into something, the area that people might overlook, which is the people. It's not the actual tasks and the work that, that has to be done. And yeah, it's fascinating when it comes to networking as well, that it can have people think of it as such a, you know, you know, um, formal way of doing it, but it is just conversations that can build up that you get in different places that you work. And then, you know, you, you never know when you see them again and pop up in another area of work and you're like, oh my gosh, like it's you again. So I think that's really um, great as well. When you were talking about in after office hours, I remember you hyping up networking mm-hmm. and that's when I was like, okay, I need to get my networking bag. Like, I need to yeah. move but I suppose I would say, like, I don't think I've ever been to a network, an official networking event in my life. Like, I hate it. <laughs> As a PR person, sure. it's, yeah. it's like, it is um, my, uh, people are always like, how can you be in PR and say stuff like this? But I, my worst nightmare is walking into a room full of people I don't know and, and suddenly be like, hi, I'm Manisha, how are you? Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. And, I, and I'm quite like an outgoing person. I'll talk to most people. But I just those those kind of like forced stilty conversations where you're like, yeah, I'd love to connect about something. like that's not for me. But mm-hmm. that is not like I think there is a kind of slight misconception, not just in my industry, but in in sort of like the work environment generally. That in order to yeah. get ahead, you have to network, and I mean network with a capital N. Like for me, 
it's not about networking as a as a mm. sort of a verb it's about building your network right and that is about building a group of people that you can that you that you can reach out to or that you know or that you come to know um, mm-hmm. and the ways you do that can be really really broad they can be friends of friends they can be you know just reating out to people that interest you on linkedin and seeing if they're around yeah. for that you know they can be um you know going to peak to events and just you know seeing someone that you that has really like interested you and just you know seeing if they're up for a quick chat and it doesn't have to be you know going to formal networking events with your name label on and and striking up conversation with a random person because I know there are lots of people out there that that hate that sort of thing and the idea of it is really terrifying to them and so Mm. I would I would just sort of like caution that you know it 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 can it is what you make it and um and it is important to have a network but you don't have to network to do it to to, to build that I think you've just probably had several people like relax their shoulders and just take a deep (laughs) sigh of relief because it's fascinating even for someone like me I graduated in a pandemic and I there were no industry events like that kind of atmosphere wasn't there so you know you're forced into these other avenues of quote-unquote networking with a small end and I just found out like honestly it's conversations whatever format it shows up and then you build the people that you want in that network but yeah people really struggle with the word networking and Mm. I just say I just it's a conversation it's a conversation and that's that's what it is and whatever it leads into can be something something great or it can just be a nice conversation and you you move on in your separate ways so people exactly need to like so. relax and maybe demystify <laughs> it a bit and just be like it's chill it's okay it's totally <laughs> not fine. So nervous. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but we are going to talk about the things that are a bit more challenging and mm. i guess in your career so far what's the one thing that you'd like to share would be a career watch out for someone um I think I've probably touched on both of mine. Well, actually, no, I have. I think one of them would be don't take yourself too seriously. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but since I've already said that, I'm going to cheat slightly and, and have another one. Um, Go on. <laughs> I think I think it it would be. Um, I always sort of try to tell people not to chase promotions because I think it's unhealthy, mm. right? And I think people get really un really hung up on leveling on how to get promoted on how to succeed on how to you know get to the next level and like look don't get me wrong I get it it's really important that you are recognized for good work it's really important that you are properly um remunerated for you know the job that you are doing and recognizing sort of both uh, title and an accolade but but I don't I, I think where I see um uh danger potential danger is where people are like completely sort of tunnel vision on like how do I get to how do I get the promotion that I need like whatever that promotion looks like whatever that whatever that means for your particular job or your particular industry um it it, you become quite sort of like tunnel vision about the promotion and not about doing a good job um Mm -hmm. and so every everything that you start doing becomes in service of the promotion and then it and then actually you're kind of you, you sort of slightly forget what, what, why you're there and like my firm belief and I appreciate this is slightly rose-tinted gra- glasses but you know if you're working in a good company with smart people and most of us are then your your work does not go unrecognized and um mm. I, I think where people where I've seen people like sort of trip themselves up most is 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 get really sort of caught up in knots about what they need to get need to do to get promoted 
in some respects it's completely justified because they haven't had the right direction or the right support or the right um, career development from you know the, the place they work or the manager or whatever it is and in those in those instances absolutely you know you need to solve it but in a in the majority of cases it's because there is just a kind of complete narrow focus on moving up rather than on Mm. doing a really doing a really good job and doing it well and I think Mm. you know my sort of firm view and again I could be being naive is that if you do the latter if you just do a really good job and do it well it will Mm -hmm. get recognized and it will get um and and what you might need to do is think about like you have to then start thinking about like very practical things like you know what is the right remuneration for me what do I want you know what what should Mm -hmm. my title be but but that Mm -hmm. that comes later I think that comes when you you've done the job you want and you know you're hopefully your manager whoever is saying to you right we appreciate this this amazing job you've done and and this is this is where we see you going um and so I think to that point what what I would what I would say is um is, is have a really clear like sort of development plan that you want to stick to but don't have a timeline for it. Like just have a, yeah. like this is where you want to be and this is how you're going to get there. But if you're not there within six months or you're not there within eight months or you're there two months sooner than planned, like all of that is fine. Like just, yeah, uh, uh, just continue and focus on doing what you want to do. And I think if, and the, the point at which you feel that you can't achieve that plan in your current role is the time I think it feels to, that's, that feels like a natural moment to look at alternatives. Yeah that's something I need to reflect on with the the promotional aspect because I do love I do love a bit of a negotiation I can't lie I'm definitely that person that's like right what's next what can we be doing no I totally get it right and I'm I'm the same like I'm always looking for the next the next thing and I think that that is like what I've learned over the course of my career is that kind of like the level that I'm at or the job that I'm at, at that kind of doesn't really matter it's more about mm. what I'm doing and if I you know if I feel there's opportunity within that space to to do different things and to um you know to make things better like fundamentally all I want to do all I want to get from my career is is or from my sort of my job and by extension my career is just to do it really well and mm. I think that um you know and within that there are lots of different opportunities to do that and I think you know what what I would say is to, to people that are sort of struggling at this moment and and you know perhaps not being recognized or feeling that they are being um you know that they that they don't know what their kind of next step is I, I would just say like really evaluate like you know where where yeah. what what the value is that you offer and and where you think you can go I think I also yeah. think I should say like I think it's a very different thing than being passed over for promotion right I think like if you are if there is a very clear like sense of I you know that person has got there over me like and I think that is that is a, a really difficult thing to navigate because and one of the things I love about my current company is actually that personal de- like development is not contingent on anyone else and that's how it should be everywhere right like it should be mm. like that everywhere, but it's not your own development is driven by you and it doesn't really matter what anyone else is doing there's no kind of like okay, mm-hmm. that person's moved on so therefore I'm going to get that job or you know that person was here two months less than me so therefore so why are they moving up quicker than me like that I think when you start going down that road like that way madness lies I think you've just got to kind of focus on your own your own journey and how you're getting there and if you're kind Mm -hmm. of happy with that and you still feel that that's not being if you if you feel that your own journey is not being recognized in the context of you not in the context Mm -hmm. of anyone else 
then that is that is the right time to to rate to raise it as an issue. But I think um, you have to be really honest with yourself and true to yourself about um, about whether that is accurate or not. And you have to look at you know what the what the next level up means and 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 where you are in relation to that. Yeah. Yeah, that is, I hope people are writing this down or something, you know, rewind and whatnot, because that is something I'm definitely going to take a moment to reflect on, because you can get lost in the progress. And I always thought, like, you know, when you are maybe gunning for a promotion, you're like, oh, no, but I'm doing the skills that they would need me to do, and therefore... I am going to be doing good work now. But you can get lost in the future if you're not thinking about the now as well. So definitely an area to be thinking about, um, and especially when you're talking about remuneration as well, because I think people can get lost in numbers. Um, but it is also important, I would say, as well. Um, oh, but 100%. Yeah. 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 yeah, you have to be remunerated for the, for the job that you're doing, 100%. Yeah, that's a slightly different and, thing, I think. Yeah, I was going to say that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, whole thing, yeah. <laughs> Definitely a different conversation, which um, I wish we had time for. But there <laughs> is another area of the One Thing Handbook that I love asking, which is, you know, you have made you've made so much progress in your career. If you were to go back at the start of your career, what would you wish that someone told you? What's the one thing you wish someone told you? The thing that I currently tell my team that I've only learned um, probably in the last few years, do less better. Wow. I think um, it's just another way of saying, you know, quality, quantity, quality over quantity, but mm-hmm. it just, it's so kind of striking as a, as an approach and um, something that I've really taken on board, not just in my per- professional life but in my personal life as well because I have a tendency to try and do a lot and to try to cram it all in mm-hmm. um and you just can't and I think the you know it's so obvious to say but the results that you see and the impact you ha- it has of just really prioritizing really focusing on what needs your attention and doing it really really well and that could be at a really micro level like you know if you're writing something you're writing an article or something you instead of writing five you write one and you just write it really brilliantly or at a really macro level where you have to you know think about lots of really big ideas just do one of them and do it really well like I think that is a that is something that I wish I'd known (laughs) when I first started out um because people think doing more makes you know has a bigger impact um particularly when you're starting out in your career and you know the more you do it the more you take on um you know the, the better it looks I think the culture of presenteeism, particularly in PR, that has pervaded throughout year, the years is, is, is changing. And actually, um, people are understanding that it's not, you know, that's not necessary anymore. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, w- I would say that. And, and, and that kind of speaks to slightly my, um, my other bugbear, which is around mm-hmm. um, side hustles. And again, I think that's a discussion for another, another time. <laughs> but, you know, I think I've spoken to a lot of people who feel like, you know, I need to have a side project. So we need to have something else going on because everyone does. Only if it only if it's your passion, like someone told me if it's like if it's a thing that if someone else did, you'd be devastated. Do it like don't do it because you feel like you need to have something else going on to put on your CV. Like everyone's exhausted. The world is exhausted. Don't exhaust yeah. yourself even more. Like don't burn out. Um, I think side hustles are quite a dangerous, is a dangerous phrase, particularly for a, 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 gen, a, a specific generation and particularly for, a, you know, I think, you know, young black women really, really, um, you know, 
feel a lot of young black women I've spoken to have said, you know, I, I need a side hustle. And I just, mm. I just, I don't think you do. I think you do if you, if it's something that in, enlivens you and invigorates you and impassions you to then do it. And it's your, you know, it's, it's something you feel you have to, then great. But if you're doing it just to kind of keep up with the Joneses, then save yourself the time yeah. and energy. You know, and when you said saving time and energy and just, you know, allowing yourself a, a version of peace that you can choose to have is really important because I can't lie. Yeah, me, I was also in that cohort of, yeah, what's my, what's my side hustle going to be and whatnot and how do I push this forward? And, you know, I think it's, especially when there's a money aspect to it, you're, you're basically doing two jobs. Like, mm. but like you said, if there's not that passion that's driving it, why are you doing it like mm. we have been through enough in the past like two years you know if you can find if you're able to have peace have peace and, and allow it to be so i totally agree with side hustle culture it can be very very dangerous um mm. in a very toxic way because it just burns people out so much faster than what their job might even probably do to them <laughs> A hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And then I guess like in your industry, when it comes to the world of PR, we've talked about a lot of kind of like what's good, what's challenging, what you wish could be different. You know, looking, I guess, ahead in the next maybe five years or so, what is one thing that you do wish would change in your industry? Um, I think it kind of is a little bit what I talked about earlier about this kind of... Um, uh leadership change i think mm. um i'd like to see more yeah more change at a kind of higher level in terms of the makeup of the pr industry um and i like re very much recognize i have a responsibility with that as well and you know and i think you know bringing people bringing kind of strong um uh, you know the, some of the younger talent up through the ranks more quickly than they should have uh, should be um, yeah. i think is important um I also think um, one thing that is really important to me is um, around how we create meaningful opportunities um, in, in our industry. To I think mm -hmm. underrepresentation in the industry is probably the most important thing to me. Um, and I think how we create opportunities that are that lead to long term kind of gain, not just sort of schemes and, and things like that mm -hmm. are, are really important. And, you know, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not criticised. I have, I think all the kind of amazing initiatives and schemes and training that is available is just brilliant and more of it please but also more actual jobs at the end of it and more opportunities yeah. more right real long-term tangible opportunities yeah the permanence part the part where it's like okay how do we turn this into like you said the long-term change and i think that's what people um get really stuck on the how how do we make this long term and like you said sometimes you're like it's a position <laughs> it's putting someone in a position and and really letting them you know if you have done a program let them reap the benefits of that and let them show you you know let them be able to thrive in that space because you've given them all these tools why would you not want to see how you can make that more effective in a longer t time frame yeah a hundred percent. And I think that's one of the, re like, that's why I keep going back to how important the importance of networking as well, because all the importance of building your network, because, you know, where those opportunities may not exist now, it doesn't mean they won't exist in like, you know, a year, two years, three years, five years. And when they do come up, when those, when those long-term jobs or opportunities do arrive, you want to be the person that someone's thinking of. So, um, you know, make sure that you are on the front of, you know, you're, you're, you're on people's radar and um you know just just speak to the people that interest you and the companies that interest you 
yeah yeah and I think that's something that Gen Z quite struggle with um or at least I did at first where it's like that is also your choice like who you speak to can also be your choice where you want to work can also be your choice and you know some someone might even approach you and you have to make that choice like it doesn't mean you have to be like yeah okay I'm coming along like if it doesn't align with you and it's not a bit of you then it can be your choice to actually turn that down and be okay with that (laughs) be happy with that in fact a hundred percent a hundred percent and I think yeah I I you know, when I've spoken to people about how they build their networks, they are a bit like, oh, but, you know, I, I don't want to like talk to people and I'm scared that, you know, they're just going to, the worst thing that can happen, the wor- mm-hmm. the literal worst thing that can happen is you reach out to someone and they either say no or you don't hear from them. And what uh, yeah. and in that case, what have you lost? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I think your position you know, doesn't change. Your position doesn't change. And I think one of the great things about PR as an industry um, is, again, it's a network built on people. There are very, very few PR people out there who will say no. Like, you know, most of the time um, we've all got into this industry in a similar way. We've all, you know, stumbled across someone who's helped us out or, you know, we've changed jobs because we've known someone that's helped us out. Like that, it's not, that's not even about nepotism or, you know, just knowing, you know, having a famous dad or whatever. It's about being in the right place at the right time and people remembering your name and I think that 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 can happen whoever you are um but you it's your responsibility and your the kind of agency is with you to to build that yeah definitely like I think people need to be less humble and say their name more (laughs) and talk about themselves more like that is something I try to tell even like my friends I'm like yeah did you tell them where you want to work did you tell them and they're like oh I don't know I was like then how are they meant to help you? (laughs) It's definitely, and it's, I mean, it can feel like a bit like, oh my God, I'm talking about about myself, but truly like everyone likes to talk about themselves if they lean into it a bit more. So, and people are interesting and everyone has a different lived experience. So it's definitely a great conversation to have, but I think it's a a muscle that needs to be trained and people um, definitely need to lean into it more. So I hope that's a bit of encouragement for (laughs) people who are listening to, to get into more conversations um, that they would like to get into. But I know we are coming to the end, which I can't believe time has gone by so fast. What I do want to do before we finish is a bit of a game and it is called Keep or Delete. And the whole purpose of this game is that it's just three questions and I give you about topics um, and you have to decide whether you want to keep it. It's something that you would like to continue with. It's something that you want in your life or you delete it. If you could live in an ideal world, it's out the window. You don't have to see it ever, ever again or experience it ever again. So they're really random. And I've seen you waving your pen around. And <laughs> something I want you to think about, keep or delete, is blue ink pens. Keep. Keep. I, yeah, I am a real, like, sickler for writing. I still write things down. Um, okay. And I love a I love a blue ink pen. Now, if you were to do that, blue ink pen versus black ink pen. Be blue, I think. I'm um, old Is school. It? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if that counts as old school or new school. I don't. I don't really know which which is considered more modern. But yeah, I I I like a, a, I prefer a blue I ink pen. That. I feel I like I have I have really not met someone who prefers a blue ink pen. So wow, you are an anomaly mm. and. That is, yeah. I love that for you. <laughs> and I, I love that you've made me think about this because I never would have otherwise, so thank you. So the next one I do want to ask about is, because you're in film and TV, 
What would you rather keep or delete horror films? Delete, 100%. I hate horror films. I'm you hate them? Yeah, I hate I them. Hate <laughs> what do you not like about them? I just don't understand why you want to feel like that. I just don't understand why you want to be scared. It's just a horrible feeling. Yeah, right? it's a horrible feeling and it is, um, yeah, not for me. And every time mm. I, I even accidentally stumble across something scary on TV, I'm just like, no, why would you do this to yourself? I mean, having said all that, I have the film taste of a 15-year-old boy, so I don't have much, credi- <laughs> I don't have much credibility in this space. Um, but yeah, delete for sure. Delete, yeah, I'm the same. Just, I don't understand why people would voluntarily want to make themselves scared. Like, I am no. the easiest person to do jump scares to, and horror films are yeah. just filled with jump scares. That's my nightmare. It's not ideal. Yeah, it's not ideal. <laughs> people who like to be scared, I'm like, I don't know if you're okay, but I'm yeah, just happy for exactly. you that this is what you yeah. enjoy. I hope you are. <laughs> I hope you are, and I'm worried why this gives you joy, but okay, let, let's just run with it, we're all different. Um, okay, so the last one is a bit of, you know, with the climate that we're in, working in, and hybrid working, virtual meetings versus in, re- in real life meetings. Which one would you keep, and which one would you delete? I'd delete virtual. Yeah? I'd keep in real life, yeah. Had and, a feeling. Yeah, I... Um, don't get me wrong like I am a big proponent of working from home I have two small children I think working from home when you're a working parent and my partner is you know got a full-time job as well when you're a working parent it is incredibly important um for lots of different people in lots of different situations I also think a lot I'm very mindful that particularly Gen Z have had a, some of the people have had a really tough time in the per, in mm. the pandemic working virtually and starting new companies and um uh you know starting in roles and and not having any kind of uh, physical touch point with people and I think um I think it, a it's important to build kind of relationships and connections I also think you get so much more done in person <laughs> because a lot of conversations that you have um over the desk or you know when you're making a cup of tea or you like you just walking down the corridor and you see people that you haven't seen or you know not virtually you have to arrange a 30 minute catch up in order for that to happen mm. and it just yeah. drains your day um so I, I would I would probably delete if I had to choose between them both I'd delete virtual but um but that's not to say that I don't think they have an enormous value yeah yeah I agree I think in the ideal world if it could be um I do love having conversations with people but I think what's interesting for me is that when it comes to work face to face and zoom you know calls and stuff is what I identify as work I'm like oh okay I'm at work but when I'm talking to someone physically like in person it feels a little bit more social to me so it's just interesting to see a bit of a slight difference there um but I do think you know moving down and like into the um, future whatever I do feel that in real life meetings definitely have that value so if we were to pick one I I might side you side with you on that one with in real life meetings it's a tough one it's a tough one it is a tough one which is why I guess we're trying to, you know, navigate this hybrid working world and seeing where that takes us. And who knows, because it's a bit, it's a bit crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. But I think, you know, the, the value of, of in-person meetups, they don't have to be all the time. Um, yeah. And I think particularly in the PR industry, I just don't see a world in which PR needs to go back to five days a week in the office um, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, but I could be wrong um you know I think that the value of I do also think the value of being together being together as a team um is is kind of incalculable yeah yeah and it will look different everywhere I think that's also something important to 
to raise. But I mean, Manisha, we've really come to the end of the podcast, and I believe I'd it. To, I'd love to hear, like, you know, we were talking about the PR industry. We talked about, you know, what you hope is next coming up and everything. But what about yourself? Where, you know, I, I know there's after office hours on the horizon, possibly. But like, what about yourself? How do you? What do you hope is next for you? And like, how do you want to continue in your your career? This is a really good question, and. Um... I think I suppose I have to take a lot of my advice, my own advice, and I'm 100% not focused at the moment on sort of like where my career is going. I think I'm really focused particularly on my having just been, you know, sort of moved into a, having sort of uh, gone to a new role, really thinking about how I just mm. do a really good job in that role. Um, and and doing less better is a big part of my mantra at the moment. Um, and that, again, mm -hmm. apply, as I said, it applies to everything I do I think as you get older um and I am extremely old uh you uh you you do sort of get a bit more perspective and um you know my career is incredibly important to me and um my job and the, my teams are, are, are really important to me but I also recognize it needs to be um you know a life outside of that and um and I I, I feel really sort of strongly about how I structure I'm looking really like thinking really intentionally about how I structure my time and my headspace to to make sure that I am present in all parts of my life and and that's been a really hard thing to do and I'm still working on it um yeah. and particularly after you know coming out of a pandemic and with a whole host of other things going on you know it's it's a really it's really challenging um but yeah I think I am um, I feel as long as I continue to be challenged um in my in my current job and in any job that I do in the future I'll know that that's the right place to be um and I think and my advice to anyone would be like you know the moment that you're not feeling challenged anymore that's that's the moment to start thinking um you know mm -hmm. what what could be next not necessarily what is next because again I think people get caught up in like okay what comes next but you know what could be mm -hmm. next or what does the next step look like for me um mm -hmm. yeah I love that because, you know, you were saying that you would take on a lot of your own advice and, you know, maybe in, in the next month or two, you might listen to it back and just be like, oh my goodness, did I say that? Like, let yeah, me take I know, on, let I me know. write it down. <laughs> I know, I'm going to be like listening to it like, oh God, I can't believe I said that. I was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? But, and I think that's the thing where, you know, people feel that even when you get further down in your career, everyone has it figured out. And you said at the top, I'm, fig I'm still figuring it out. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter where you are in your career. Everyone's literally figuring it out in their own way. And that's what people should find like a level of peace with. Oh, 100%. And, you know, I, I think, you know, it's like that Confucius. Uh, I think it's Confucius. Like, the, you know, the wisest man is the, the, the man who knows mm. that he knows nothing, knows that he knows nothing. And mm -hmm. like, I, I think I still feel and I hope continue to feel for a long time. that I'm still learning a lot and about my job about my industry about my career about myself um and uh you know as long as I feel like that then it's it's a good thing I think um and yeah and and I don't think and anyone that tells you they've got it all figured out is lying 100% yeah no one does no one does we're all just like making it up as we go along <laughs> yeah exactly and once you come to terms with that like I think life will just be a bit easier because everyone else will be like oh yeah me too so you'll find yeah. in that building network that might be your little conversation starter there you go we've given you a little exactly on exactly. the podcast um but yeah so I guess where if people you know did want to see more of your work or what you do where 
could people like follow you where could people see what, what you're up to um linkedin is the best place to get me um i am a proper geriatric millennial and um um my, my the social media that i'm probably most twi- prolific on is twitter um so mm-hmm. uh yeah proper uh elder statesman of, of the millennials but um if you know i'm i'd love for people to reach out to me if they want to chat more on linkedin um because that's just the kind of easiest message function i read it all um i try to reply to it to it all uh, it may take me a while so please bear with me but i do try and reply to it all um and yeah would love to hear from people and you know if there's anything i can do any advice i can offer or anything else you want to talk through or anyone i could put you in touch with then just let me know Perfect. So there you go. You can follow Manisha on LinkedIn and reach out to her if you have any questions or anything you'd like some advice on. And I don't think Twitter's geriatric. Twitter, I mean, <laughs> conversations are happening on Twitter all the time. Like at the moment of recording, Love Island's happening. And let me tell you, the, I spend more time on Twitter than I do watching the show. So oh, yeah. don't yourself that. Don't <laughs> Um, But yeah, when it comes to Audacity We, the podcast, we are also on LinkedIn. So Audacity We on LinkedIn and we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we're also on Amazon Music and little Amazon thing we've got going there. Love that synergy, love it. that that's what we've got and that's where you can find us on the podcast and if you want to have any questions or anything you want to reach out to me about that is audacitively at gmail.com thank you so much manisha and thank you everyone for listening and we will see you on the next episode thanks so much for having me